So how are you out there tonight? I'm just going to share a little bit from the Word tonight before we come up and uh, pray for one another and pray for needs in this place. So I'm going to be reading about Elijah tonight. And uh, Elijah was an incredible prophet, as we know, but uh, he did some incredible miracles, too. And um, I want to read to you a story of when Elijah was with the woman who was taking care of him, her son passed away. How many remember this? All right, listen to this. Now, it happened after these things that the son of the woman who owned the house became sick. And his sickness was serious that there was no breath left him. So how many know if there's no breath left in you, that's when you can call it serious? That's an interesting little thing there. It says here in verse 18, so she said to Elijah, now listen to this. What have I to do with you, O man of God? Have you come to bring my sin to remembrance and kill my son? Wow. And he said to her, give me your son. So he took him in out of her arms and carried him into the upper room where he was staying and laid him on his own bed. Then he cried out to the Lord and said, O oh Lord, my God, I have, have you brought tragedy on the widow with whom I lodged by killing her son. Now, now listen to that. First, first the woman, now the prophet. And God's getting all kinds of accusations here. And he stretched himself out I'm the child three times. You'd probably get arrested for this now. But he, he puts him on his own bed. He takes him out of his mother's arm. He stretches himself out on the child three times and cried out to the Lord and said, Oh, Lord, my God, I pray, let this child's soul come back to him. Then the Lord heard the voice of Elijah, and the soul of the child came back to him, and he revived and Elijah took the child and brought him down from the upper room into the house and gave him to his mother. And Elijah said, see, your son lives. Then the woman said to Elijah, now by this I know that you are a man of God and that the word of the Lord is in your mouth is true. So kind of an incredible event there, incredible healing miracle. There are a lot of things that we could look at in here, but I just want to give you a few observations. Number one, first, I want you to note that everyone blames the Lord. Did you notice that? When the woman did it, I wasn't shocked. When Elijah did it, I was like, what? Everyone blames God when they get sick. Everyone blames God when bad things happen. Everyone blames God when they pray and don't get what they want and they get disappointed, and we blame God. The woman blames God in verse 18. She says, what do I have to do with you? What, have you come here to bring up my sins and now my son is dead? She, she's at the end of her rope. I, I mean, this woman had a lack of food. The prophet moves in. Uh, you know, she has to feed him. God does miracles to keep the, uh, the, the food coming. But now her son is dead and she just loses it. And she's mad at him and she wants to know, what, what do I have to do with you? And, and she blames it on God. And then the prophet seems to go this same way as well in verse 19 he's like give me your son and so he takes the boy and he takes him to the upper room but when he cries out to God he says you know have basically he cried out to the Lord oh Lord my God have you also brought tragedy on the widow with whom I lodged by killing her son it's a pretty bold accusation isn't it now I want to I want to kind of correlate this to us in the way 
we are and just by human nature. Notice when we're sick, it's never our own careless living. It's never our own sinful behavior. Hello, don't get quiet on me now. You know, it's not the five bacon, egg, and cheeses we eat every day. That's not it. That couldn't be it. It's God's fault. You know, it's not that we overeat and we smoke and we drink and we do all these bad things to our body and we don't get enough sleep. It's always immediately God's fault when something's wrong with our health. We got to be careful with this mentality. Church, we've got to be careful making accusations to a holy God. Now, God's a big boy. He's got big shoulders. He can handle our pain. He can handle our cries. He can handle our accusations. But we better be careful because he's a holy God and he's our only hope. If God allows sickness to touch us, we should look at ourselves first. Now it's even quieter. Oh, pastor, it couldn't be me. It couldn't be the way I'm living. It couldn't be, you know, my lifestyle, my sinful things I've done, unrepentant sin I have, patterns of behavior that are, you know, unbiblical. It couldn't be that. But when sickness touches us, first we've got to look at ourselves. And if we, if the Lord shows us something, then immediately we confess it and repent of it, say amen. Amen. That's the first thing we do. We don't make an accusation at him. We look at ourselves. And then after we look at ourselves, we look to see what our enemy's doing. You know what the modus operandi of our enemy is? He's come to kill, steal, and destroy. So when I'm attacked physically, when I'm attacked mentally, when I'm attacked in any way, I got to look at me first and make sure I'm right with God. And then I need to look at my enemy and see if he's up to his old tricks doing what he does kills, steals, and destroys. And then at that point, if we haven't discerned or we have discerned or we need to tarry on the Lord, we need to begin immediately to rally our faith and approach God because he's our healer. Amen. So I'm giving you a little pattern here, and and you're seeing what these two did. And I'm not saying anybody sinned that anybody was wrong, and I'm not saying the prophet was wrong, but I'm just saying the accusations go right to God, and we need to be careful with that. We need to look at ourselves first. We need to look at the enemy and what he's up to. And then we need to rally our faith and approach God in faith. Why? Because he's our healer. Exodus 15, 26, and it said, if you diligently heed the voice of Of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight. Did you hear that? Hear God's voice and do what's right in his sight. So we've got to be in communion with God. We've got to have a connection to God. We've got to hear and obey when he speaks. And do what's right in his sight. Give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes. So there, that's self examination. This is what is being said. I will put none of the diseases on you which I have brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. Wow. There's God speaking to his people in the Old Testament, saying, hear and obey and stay right with me, and I'll, and I'll keep you healthy, and I won't put any of these diseases on you, and I won't let any of these plagues that touch the Egyptians and, the, and all these people who don't know me and don't serve me and have no respect for me. Those things won't touch you because I'm the Lord, your God, your healer. Now, I know people don't like this. They'd rather just say, the pastor get up here and say, God heals everybody. You can live however you want. You can do whatever you want. It's, you know, we got a magic wand. We're going to touch you with it, and you're going to get healed. It's not the way it works. 
We've got to be right with God. We've got to be in communion with him. We've got to be keeping his commandments and his statutes. And if we do, he says, I won't put any of the diseases on you that the, the world had, the plagues and the Egyptians. And, and he says, I am the Lord who heals you. And he's still Jehovah Rapha, the compound name of God that means the Lord that, that heals. He's still the great physician, amen. God still heals. And it takes faith and it takes you know, us being right with him. And sometimes we get sick and sometimes we get healed. And you know what? God is still God and he's still good. And it's not about, well, you know, God has to heal everybody. God doesn't have to do anything. You know, sometimes we take this, this faith idea and we bring it into hyper faith and we, we start bossing God around and telling him what he's got to do. He's, he knows what he's doing. But he, he loves us, and he's our healer, and he's the great physician. And Jesus purchased for us with the stripes of Calvary. He purchased us healing uh, from all the diseases of the world. So in this chaotic situation with Elijah and the widow and the son that is dead, you know, uh, there's a lot of strange things happening. You know, he brings him up to his room. He snatches him out of his mother's arm. He lays on top of him three times. How many would agree those are strange things? In fact, I can almost guarantee that nobody's going to lay on anybody tonight <laughs> when you come up to get prayed for. Is that a relief? Yeah. All right. So strange things happen, and the two things jump out from this text, and we should grab them. Number one, God hears us when we cry out to him. The prophet cries out to God for divine healing, for divine help. And he says, then the Lord heard the voice of Elijah. See, it's one thing to cry out. It's another thing to be heard. I love this, verse 22. Then the Lord heard Elijah, and the soul of the child came back in him, and he revived. God hears our cries. I said God hears our cries, but we've got to cry out to him. Sometimes we don't have the faith. Sometimes we don't have the strength. Sometimes we don't have the patience. Sometimes we just don't believe. Listen, we have to cry out to God. I've noticed more people get healed when you pray for them than when you don't. Ever notice that? Oh, well, we don't believe in that healing stuff. So, you know, I prayed for someone once and they didn't get healed. Keep praying. Keep believing. The Bible says to uh, lay hands on the sick and anoint them, uh, you know, and that they'll recover. The, the, the Bible teaches us in the New Testament that we, the prayer of faith will heal the sick. Amen. Does everybody get healed? Does it happen every time? Does it happen when we want? No, but we've got to keep praying because more people get healed when we pray than when we don't. The prophet cried out to God, and God heard him. That's the best-case scenario. God hears us when we pray, and so we've got to pray. Number two, healing miracles establish the authenticity of the church. You see, why do we need miracles? Why do we need healing in the church? Why do we need to pray for the sick? Why do we need to see God touch people? Because all of those things happening in the body of Christ differentiates the church from every other religious system, false teachers, false spirituality from the Lions Club, the Elks Club, uh, the Water Buffalo Club. What was Fred Flintstone in? I don't even know. But it's like, what, is the church different than any other club or organization? Absolutely. The church of Jesus Christ is filled with the power of God. Come on, I wish there were some Christians here tonight. Mark 16, 17 through 18 says this, these signs shall follow them that believe. And we all know them. And the last one says, and they shall lay hands on the sick and they will recover. 
If we believe and we're filled with the Holy Spirit and we ask God, he will hear us. And the Bible says that we'll lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. The prayer of faith will heal the sick. Listen to James 5, 16. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Listen, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. None of us are righteous by our performance. We're righteous by the blood of the Lamb. So if you're a Christian and you're in Christ and you're right with God, your prayers are powerful and God hears. Tonight, we're going to have some folks come up and help pray, but I want you to come up and I want you to bring your needs, whatever you need. If you have physical needs, if you have uh, you know, financial needs, if you have emotional needs, whatever they are, you say, well, is there anything that we can't pray for? No, we can pray for everything because God cares about it.